Money is a useful tool, but it can also be a deadly temptation. And you need to know that the amount of money you have doesn't change that. People with very little money and people with an abundance can all be tempted to sin with the way they steward their resources. Jesus teaches us that it's only when we use money wisely, as good stewards of God, that it produces benefits of eternal value. Stephen Davey called this lesson Principles for Money Managers. Somebody once said that the most sensitive nerve in your body is the one that runs from your heart to your wallet. (laughs) I believe it. The truth is Jesus wants us to become more sensitive stewards, better uh, money managers, you could say, with what he's given to us in life. Here in Luke chapter 16, Jesus is telling us a parable in which all the participants are really going about it in the wrong way. Let me show you here as I begin to read in verse 1. There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, stewardship that is, for you can no longer be manager. By the way, wasting the man's possessions literally meant squandering them through neglect of duty. He frankly just didn't care. Now, once the business owner found this out, he immediately demanded an audit, that is a written statement of of financial accounts. Now, verse 3, and the manager said to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. Well, it appears that ditch digging and begging are his only two options. So he says here in verse 4, I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. Evidently, this management position provided him with a housing benefit, so he's going to lose both his paycheck and a place to live. So here he comes up with this this clever little plan, which Jesus describes here in verse 5. Summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write 80. So the first man owes 100 measures of oil. That was 800 gallons of olive oil. That's worth about three years of the average person's annual salary back then. The second man owed 100 measures of wheat, and that was worth about seven years of the average person's annual salary. In fact, judging from the size of these debts, these men are more than likely wealthy merchants in oil and wheat. So this manager knows that by allowing them to reduce their debt, they're going to owe him some big favors in the future. He's being really generous. Uh, but but the rich man's money wasn't his to give away. So he's applying, I guess, what we could call the first rule of politics. Always be generous with other people's money. Now, don't miss this. 
This plan isn't going to work unless these clients are willing to write fake invoices in their own hand. They've got to be just as deceitful as the manager is, and guess what? They are. Well, what about the rich man, the owner? Well, he finally shows up, and here's what he decides to do. Verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Well, let me tell you, he should have had him arrested, not commended. And he should have arrested the clients who cheated his business out of hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's economy. But instead, he's going to turn a blind eye. And he says to this manager, you know, you are, <laughs> you're one clever man. Now, why doesn't he call for an investigation? Well, for him, uh, what could have been a total loss of unpaid debts is now going to be uh, a gain of at least half the amount. And hey, he can write off the rest as company losses and and then pay less on his corporate income taxes. Well, he likes this plan. Now, many people read this parable and assume it's teaching that God is unjust. Beloved, nowhere in this parable is this rich man a picture of God. He's a picture of the sons of this world. You see, he's equally shrewd. He's equally devoted to money. He's equally willing to compromise his character for a little more currency. So with that, now Jesus is going to make an application. Let me put it in the form of of three principles that will make us as believers better money managers with what God has given to us. Principle number one, be strategic with the opportunities you have. See, here in the latter part of verse 8, Jesus says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Now, Jesus isn't commending them to us. He's comparing them to us. See, here's what he's telling us. Look at the way people in the world think up clever ways to advance their agenda. Look at the way they market their propaganda. What are we doing as sons of light? That's a phrase used in the New Testament for believers. What if we were as creative, as clever in advancing the gospel as the unsaved are in getting more money? You see, our urgency isn't for the sake of currency. Our urgency is for the sake of eternity. We need to be strategic with the opportunities we've been given. Here's principle number two. Be intentional with the money you have. Jesus says here in verse 9, Make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, that is when you die, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Now, unrighteous wealth here is simply a reference to worldly wealth. This is the currency of your country. This is the money you get paid at your job. It's of this world. It's worldly. One day, it's going to go out of style. That is, it's going to be worthless. Gold will become stuff that God uses to pave the streets of heaven. It's going to be ordinary asphalt. So Jesus is effectively saying here, use your wealth intentionally. How? Use it to make friends for eternity. That is, reach people with it so that people will be in heaven because of your investment. Have you ever thought about the fact that some of your best friends are people you haven't met yet? You'll meet them in heaven. 
and you'll meet them in heaven because, well, you allowed your sacrifice, your talent, your time, your treasure to be invested in the gospel that reached them, their eternal future. Well, now here's principle number three. Be faithful no matter how much you have. Jesus says here in verse 10, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous, that is worldly wealth, who will entrust to you the true eternal riches? Jesus turns this upside down. You see, it's easy to think we could really manage things and give to the Lord if we had a lot of money. But Jesus says here that what matters is how you handle a little bit of money. That's actually a better test of faithful stewardship. It's often been told that when Peter Marshall served as the chaplain of the United States Senate, a senator approached Peter uh, one day and asked him to pray for him that God would help him begin giving again at least 10% of his income to the Lord's work. And he, he told Peter, uh, I was making $20,000 a year, and, and I could afford to give 2000 But you see, Peter, I'm now making 500000 a year, and, and there's just no way I can afford to tithe $50,000 a year. Would you pray for me? Well, Peter agreed. They bowed their heads, and Peter prayed, Lord, would you please reduce this man's salary so he can afford to give once again? <laughs> well, let me tell you, money isn't the problem. Devotion to money is. The problem isn't what you possess. It's what possesses you. So what is mastering you today? See, Jesus says here in verse 13, you cannot serve God and money. That is, you cannot be mastered by money and mastered by God at the same time. You know, money can be a tyrant. It can be a trap but it can also be a tool. Let's become better money managers. Let's invest in the lives of people who will become our friends forever when we meet them one day in heaven. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called Principles for Money Managers. You'll find our ministry on social media. Not only is that a great way for you to interact with us, it's also a great way for you to share our resources with others. When you share the link to one of our lessons, you're helping spread the truth of God's Word to more people. Our ministry is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, And we post a video version of these lessons to our YouTube channel. I hope we see you there. Join us next time on this wisdom journey.